0: This is Sean Moore and Natasha Swayze from Operation Frontline Families. And you're listening to Caregivers Uncorked podcast, the show that talks everything about caregiving that you may not hear yet you're experiencing for all of you who love veterans, service members, and first responders. Today, we are going to talk about Faking the Funk. Faking the Funk. And don't forget to stay on through the whole entire podcast to make sure you don't miss Shit Chat. So, Faking the Funk. Natasha? Well, first,
1: um, welcome back. You were gone last time. Thanks. And Kelly Ray sat in your... In your space. She did. But and um,
0: I think she did a, a, an exceptional job. I think it's space. time
1: we prank her, though, because we haven't done that yet. Ooh. So before we start talking about faking the funk, you need to call Kelly, right? You need
0: to call Kelly? Yeah, she'll
1: answer your phone call.
0: Oh, okay. But I'll talk to her. Okay. All right. So I, for those of you who, who don't know, tell us about Kelly while I'm getting her on the phone.
1: Well, she's just her own person, and um, you never know what's going to come out of her mouth. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. People can watch, and they'll figure it out, right?
0: I think they will. I think they will.
1: It's like, call Kelly Ray. All
0: think- right. We're calling Kelly. <laughs> Yes. Well, hi, Kelly Ray. Guess what? I'm, I'm at dinner. Oh, you're at dinner. Where are you eating?
1: I am at Third Street Social with Danielle. It's her birthday.
0: Well, happy birthday, Danielle. Guess what? What? You are on Caregiver's Uncorked.
1: I can't be right now, Sean.
0: No, I'm you saying. are, Kelly Ray. Well,
1: I might be, but we'll have to do that another time because I make dinner with my Ask friends. Ask her for refrigerators running. Is your refrigerator okay. running? Come on, you silly girl. <laughs> well, she wasn't any fun today. <laughs> we'll just go right back to faking the funk because she was boring today. She didn't cuss you out or nothing. It's because because called she was you silly public, girl. that's why. Uh, so, faking the funk. We yes. came up with this when we were in the great city of El Paso.
0: Oh, we have to give a shout out to we our do. folks in El Paso. So, those hi, great- Linda. Hi, Carl. Hi, Gary. Hi, Paul. It's not Gary, it's Jerry. Oh, I'm hi- sorry. Jerry, forgive us. Hi, Jer Bear. There you go. Yeah, we love our people down in El Paso. Y'all were such a great. Um, host to us and super excited because we got to talk all things about caregiving.
1: And then that's where we came up with faking the funk because Sean sat on a panel, um, a caregiving panel and our friends, uh, with caregiver support at the VA were in attendance and we brought up how, um, some issues with caregivers that they may not see, that we see in our organization and one being well two things two things i think are super important is 96% of caregivers are women okay we know from doing our restorative weekends that a lot of caregivers that we work with are also mm-hmm. veterans but they don't speak up and let us know they're veterans they always wear that they do the caregiver role and it, it it's more prominent in in the space and what they're talking about than speaking up and saying they're a veteran.
0: Yes, so we want to give a shout out to all of you women veterans who are also supporting your loved one, who is a veteran, and you're in the role as caregiver as well, right? And we know you oftentimes don't identify yourself as being a veteran. And we want you to know that we see you. We see you. And we see the amazing, amazing things that you overcome and have overcame being in the military in really a male-dominated environment. And
1: I think a lot of times they don't identify with that because, unless they're asked, I'm sure, you know, um, well, and we'll get to that, that they need to be asked. But what if they're dealing with their own mental health challenges that stem from service, right? And they are in a caregiving role, especially when they're connected to the caregiver support program at the VA, and they may be getting a stipend from that. Um, I, think there's, I think a lot of them are worried about addressing their own mental health when they are also caregivers,
0: Absolutely. And for those of you that may not know what we're talking about, so the VA has a great caregiver support program. They have two different programs there that you can um, tap into. But the one program that you get a stipend at, you are checking in on um, every three months and they do a screening on your own mental health. And we know for a fact—I also happen to be in the caregiver program, so I know this personally—you know, sometimes we don't want to answer the truth to those questions for fear that we get kicked out of the program and then a stipend that we're getting that we may be putting into our budget, which we may just not have the opportunity to not put it in our budget. Um, We don't want to answer those true questions. Or those questions truthfully, right? In fear that the program is going to be taken away. And I think,
1: have you been administered a PHQ 9? I have case? not.
0: It's interesting because I have not been administered a P, PHQ 9, yet I get questions similar, but it's not the true PHQ 9.
1: Right. Well, I just thought it was interesting because, um, they seem they made it sound like that's just kind of standard and that's always done across the board in all caregiver support. And I know, I didn't think you ever mentioned that it's been completed. So are just certain VAs doing it in the caregiver support or what's the lack of everybody doing it together, I wonder.
0: Well, and you know, um, I I go to one VA and like everyone always says, a one VA is just one VA um, because they, they can be so different. I don't necessarily believe someone was reading off a PHQ-9. I think they were putting it in their own words. And for those of you that don't know what a PHQ-9 is, that's a depression scale. And it... it I think it's great that they're paying attention to our mental health, yet when we know if we can't be that caregiver or in their eyes, they see that we can't be a caregiver due to our mental health challenges, why would I tell you that I haven't gotten out of bed in three days and I'm isolating and I'm depressed as heck? I'm not going to tell you that. Right.
1: Well, and then also, um, I was thinking that <laughs> what what does happen? You would think that there'd be more preventative support and care for caregivers because a lot of them, many of them have children at home, young children. A lot of them are in that sandwich group where they're caring for older parents, aging parents, they have children at home. Um, y- one would think you would want to have services in place to take care of that caregiver's mental health.
0: And I, you know, for, to, to play devil's advocate here, I've, I have, um, my husband goes to the VA and obviously since I'm in the caregiver program, but we've, we've had great services and, you know, we, at times we've had not so great services, the caregiver program to give a shout out to them. I think The the person that leads that up right now is doing the, the best job that she can. I think there are opportunities to plug in. Although at the same time, I do think, especially those of us that have been in the program for a while and have seen the ups and downs of the program, it's really hard to be truthful. So if we're not being truthful there and or... We're coming up against providers that just may not understand that, hey, this life that we're leading and taking care of a veteran can be challenging to our own mental health. And and that's not even to bring in the fact that all of us come from somewhere. All of us come from somewhere. We may have some little trauma. We may have some big trauma. But in our caregiver space, we are so tuned into caring for the veteran, we don't oftentimes think about the fact that that caregiver may have childhood trauma. Which many of them do. And in our experience with our restorative weekends at Operation Frontline Families, we know that caregivers do. We know that many of them have had um, miscarriages. Some of them have lost children They've taken on, uh, many of them
1: have taken on a caregiving role early with parents who had addictions, um, where they had younger siblings at home. I think that's so common to see that when we've done the weekends.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, all this to say, we really need a space for just us to be able to come to with someone you are judgment, you know, you know, you're not going to get any judgment from. You know you're not going to be questioned around your caregiving abilities for your loved one. Hey, I can be in a really bad spot mentally, but I can still be there for my husband. And we need to make it okay for these caregivers to say, hey, I'm not doing very well right now, and this is why. What support can you offer me or where can you plug me in into our community so that I can be open and upfront and me feel comfortable about doing that and not waiting for a letter in the mail that says, sorry, you can't be a caregiver anymore?
1: Right. And we've come across caregivers who really needed some inpatient care. Um, because of suicide ideation, or or attempts even, Mm -hmm. and they're even scared to get that kind of care because of uh, the ramifications of possibly losing their stipend, feeling like they're going to be kicked out of a program, Um, all of that. And they fake the funk. When they come to us, everybody seems fine, and, you know, they have— they put on that mask and there's so much that goes on behind it once they get comfortable they realize they're in a safe space and when we they start to tell their stories it all comes out.
0: Yep. And it, and it sure does. And I think the great thing about being in those spaces where that we all can share a lived experience um many of our stories are very similar for sure what we're going through now all of our veterans go through something different um even if they same d- served in the same unit they still go through something different um depending on what their background is as well same with caregivers we need a space to feel comfortable no judgment that we can share what is going on and you know that is also what this podcast is all about Caregivers uncorked, uncorked, we are uncorked and talking about those things that we oftentimes are either afraid to talk about, or you know, some of these some of these topics can put a negative connotation towards our veterans, yet that's not what we're wanting to do, right. Yet what we are wanting to do is to make sure that family member gets the same support that that veteran does and making sure providers everywhere understand that holistic support includes the caregiver, the kids in the home, those family members that are around veterans that are having challenges. It just doesn't stick in the veteran's body, I guess, it's being affected. They're affecting people around them. So for us, I think we just want to make sure that one, providers understand that, are culturally competent around understanding that, and then two, that we give you a safe place. We give you a safe place to come and be yourself. Be yourself. Tell us about what's going on. And that's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. How many, uh, tell us what the percentage of the rate of suicide in with caregivers.
0: So in a And study- talk about
1: that. And what do you think, what What are the prevention efforts with, you know, there's lots of prevention efforts with veterans, which I thank God there
0: is. Um, but what are the, I don't know of any. Absolutely. So in a, Research article that came out, I think, about two years ago, by um, a good friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Roxana Delgado and her team, did a research study I believe so I'm <clears throat> excuse me quoting this off the top of my head 457 spouses of veterans became suicidal. 23.6% of them became suicidal after becoming a caregiver to a veteran. And we do not hear that number. In fact, I brought it up at the El Paso summit last week and many people at our table had never heard that. And and these are professionals in the space. That's why it is so important for us Not only to get this message out of what is going on behind the scenes of those who are caring for our veterans and military service members, those providers need to know that 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 that's a fact of life. Well, and going
1: back to caregivers being scared and worried to disclose,
0: I'm sure the rate is actually higher. Uh, and it, it absolutely could be because the thing is we're not tracking veteran family member suicide like they just started tracking military spouse suicide within the last couple of years maybe um, don't quote me um, but within that time frame but we're not doing that for veteran spouses and or you know and. Let us not forget the, the children in these homes as well, because our kids have experienced this as well. And if we are not providing holistic care, the veteran may come home. I always say this. My husband could come home after a great therapy day, and I can make or break it in one word or one look, which apparently I... Wear all my looks yeah. on my sleeve, so anyway, there's that. Um, but you asked, what what can we do? What can these caregivers do? Um, or what could providers do to prevent or help bring light to this to this subject? and And one of the things that I um, want to make sure that all of us do, we need our own safety plan. I know a lot of you listening. Know what that is, a crisis plan, a safety plan, because your veteran probably has filled it out. But have you? Have you? If they've kind
1: of restored a weekend they have.
0: Yes, you're right. And then
1: some watching that can see you are probably going to check in with you soon because that purple is fading.
0: I am going to use this platform to let you all know that I am doing okay, but that's one thing that is on my safety plan. It is. If you see that I do not have my hair done, which you can see some major roots here um, for those of you that are watching on YouTube and see our audio or our video, sorry. Um, And you can also see that the purple isn't as bright, especially in the picture behind me. It's super bright. But that's what's on my safety plan, because that's one thing that I am pretty doggone close to being religious on, That is one self-care aspect. Um, I love getting my hair done. I love my hairdresser. And it's time for me. But I haven't been able to do that because um, I actually canceled my appointment because we went down to El Paso. And now, because my hairdresser is super amazing, I can't get in until after February. So I'm okay. I just don't have my hair done. And I'm not sick and I'm okay
1: too. I just look like shit because I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that caregiver life, right? So there's that. that. caregiver life. So um, fill out a safety plan. But it's not only about filling out a safety plan. You have to let someone know what that safety plan is. It makes no difference. I can fill out a safety plan. But if you don't know what to look for, if those around you do not know what to look for in you when you're not doing well, that's an issue, right? Right. If you never knew about my um, hair and that being know. on my, you wouldn't know. Like you wouldn't know. You may, I, I mean, not all of not all of us get our hair done uh, super religiously and fanatically like I do. Um, <laughs> so um, so that's not for all of us. And we need to know what's on your safety plan. So now that you know what's on my safety plan, you know that you can reach out. Um when I'm not doing well, but people have, and when people reach out and go, "Hey, you know, I saw a recent picture on Facebook or what have you, and your hair's not as purple. You doing okay? You know how much that means." Yeah, um, oh, I, I may get a little teary eyed here. Don't, here. Cry. But, don't yeah, cry. Don't cry. Um, that means a ton. Right. That someone listened and someone reached out. So. If you don't have that one person that after you fill out a safety plan that you can reach out to, know that you can reach out to us. Caregivers Uncorked, Operation Frontline Families, we are here for you. We want to be that person that sees you and understands that this journey, this journey is long, it's tough, but you are not here alone.
1: And I think also with the safety plans it's good to let people know that you put them on there. I think a lot of times you'll put, you know, list names and numbers of people who are on your safety plan, but they need to know that they're on there, right? Absolutely. And then I, it's a hard conversation to have. It's uncomfortable. Um, but I think if we start making it more normal and having those conversations, it, it'll be easier. It's and, like emergency contact forms. You know, it's those we fill those out for everybody. No big deal. Um, well, and, think about
0: a school. I mean, you yeah. have to put you know who to contact um, with your kids at school, and you make sure you tell that person right because if they get a phone call from the school going, "Can you pick up? Come and pick up um, little Susie," you're going, "Who's Susie?" Right. You know,
1: so you got to tell people. And then I think also in our small community of caregiving. We tend to put other caregivers down on that form. Um, and which is great because we know caregivers, we have each other's back. But it's, it can be cha- time consuming. You know, it's challenging for that person, that caregiver that you put down. You know, time's restricted in the caregiving world, um, their own mental health maybe poor at the time. So I I would challenge people to look outside of the caregiving world a little bit to put some other numbers down. I mean, it's fine to put other caregivers, but I really think we need to broaden that and go outside mm-hmm. of that just because we already know the challenges <clears throat> that caregivers have.
0: Yes. So, we talk about this a lot in our restorative weekends. Um, Those of you that have been have heard us say this a few times. You know what caregiving is. You know what you go through. Think about that and understand that in a crisis plan, Oftentimes, safety plan, you have three people that you put down. In the caregiving world, you may want to put down um, five, six, because that first person that you reach out to, especially if they're a caregiver, they may be going through the same things that you are right now and not have the capacity to be there for you. That doesn't mean that they don't want to be there for you. They just may not have the capacity. And we need to understand that as. Um, a group of people that want to support each other. But no, sometimes your best friend who's a caregiver is going through the crap too. Don't fake the funk.
1: Well, and I think it's okay for someone who's going through shit and they're on someone's safety plan. It's okay to speak up and say, hey, I do not have the bandwidth. I care about you. I love you, but I... I'm not in a position to help you right now.
0: Right. I can't sit with you right now. Yeah. Yep. I do not have time.
1: I, I don't have the time. I just cannot hold the space for you that you deserve
0: and need in this time. Absolutely. So before we go on to shit chat, some things to think about. Do you have a safety plan? You may not even think you need it, but this is when we want to fill out safety plans when we don't need it. Because you can't fill it out in a crisis. No,
1: your head is not firing. Your brain is not firing in that moment to be able to think through that at no. all.
0: So you can you can you can reach out to us if you don't know where to find a safety plan, or you can Google it. There are great ones out there, but we really encourage you to fill one out and share it. Fill it out and share it. Any other last remaining? I don't thoughts think so. I'm before? ready. To,
1: I'm ready to move on to shit chat.
0: All right. Natasha, take this shit chat away.
1: (laughs) So, well, I have a couple things that I, I really coming back from El Paso, um, the veterans capital, which you can feel it when you're down there, right? You can. Um, and this is going to be more towards our local Kansas city, metro area community. Um, And we talk about all the time how frustrating it is that we feel like Kansas City BSOs work in silos. And if they don't, they're they're doing it with other organizations, but not letting us in. Um, It was just amazing being in El Paso and how welcoming that community is and the togetherness you felt and in the, the intertwine of all the organizations and agencies, and it's not perfect um, and nowhere is, but they really have it they really have it going on down there.
0: <laughs> I, I thought they did too. That was one of the things that you know we talked about quite a bit is you know we're an organization that is based out of Kansas City. We have some great people in Texas. In fact, two of our board members yeah, are I'll in say Texas. Texas
1: has it going on. Yeah, Texas but, has it going um, on. But we
0: were in El Paso. We were in El Paso. And for some um uh, an organization that doesn't have a physical location there boy, we felt like we did. We felt like we had we li- we felt like we lived there. They included us in conversations. It was amazing to see the city, the county, the local VA, other VSOs, all and veterans and family members all sitting at the same table in the same room, coming together to identify gaps in the area and how best they could support veterans and caregivers in their location. Nobody felt like they were stepping on anyone else's toes. No one felt like this person over here was going to steal this person's thunder. And heaven forbid, if that happened, we don't. Or money, right?
1: (laughs) There's money to go around for all of us.
0: And we don't do everything that you may do. So we've got to be able to fill in the gaps. Gosh. And you know what
1: I was, fill those in. Yeah. You know what I was so impressed with? And again, have to give Carl and Paul a shout out because both of them are veterans. Both of them have wives at home, family. And during the caregiver panel, it was so neat to see older veterans, retired, you know, stand up. And go to bat for us.
0: Absolutely. It was amazing. So the takeaway for Shit Chat, include people at the table. Gosh, darn it. We can't all do this alone. And start asking caregivers
1: if they also served.
0: Absolutely. I love it.
1: All right. Okay. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, do all those fun things. Uh, Send us some fan mail. (laughs) Absolutely. And we'll see you next time. Bye.